In Mark chapter 12, verse 30, Jesus said, This is the first and great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Now pause for thought. What makes this the first and great commandment? Welcome to episode 111 of the Ask Spurgeon podcast. I'm your host, Dave Holt, and I'm delighted that you've chosen to join me again today. Now, don't forget that you can become a subscriber of this podcast by clicking on the subscribe button on your preferred podcast provider. And also, if at the end of this podcast or for any other reason you'd like to be in touch with me, don't hesitate to email me at dave at askspurgeon.com. Now, Reverend Spurgeon, what makes this? These words in Mark chapter 12, verse 30, the first and the great commandment. My friends, our Savior said, this is the first and great commandment. It is the first commandment, the first for antiquity. For this is older than even the Ten Commandments of the written law. Before God said, You shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal. This law was one of the commands of his universe, for this was binding upon the angels when man was not created. It was not necessary for God to say to the angels, You shall do no murder, you shall not steal for such things to them were probably impossible. But he did doubtless say to them, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. And when first Gabriel sprang out of his native nothingness at the command of God, this command was binding on him. This is the first commandment, then for antiquity. It was binding upon Adam in the garden, even before the creation of Eve his wife. God had commanded this. Before there was a necessity for any other command, this was written upon the very tablets of his heart. You shall love the Lord your God. It is the first commandment again, not only for antiquity, but for dignity. This command, which deals with God the Almighty, must always take precedence of every other. Other commandments deal with man and man, but this with man and his creator. Other commands of a ceremonial kind when disobeyed may involve but slight consequences upon the person who may happen to offend. But this disobeyed provokes the wrath of God and brings his ire at once upon the sinner's head. He who steals commits a gross offense inasmuch as He has also violated this command, but if it were possible for us to separate the two and to suppose an offence of one command without an offence of this, then we must put the violation of this commandment in the first rank of offences. This is the king of commandments. This is the emperor of the law. He takes precedence of all those princely commands that God afterwards gave to men. Again, it is the first commandment for its justice. If men cannot see the justice of that law which says, Love your neighbor, 
If there is some difficulty to understand how I can be bound to love the man who hurts and injures me, there can be no difficulty here. You shall love your God comes to us with so much divine authority and is so ratified by the dictates of nature and our own conscience that, verily, this command must take the first place for the justice of its demand. It is the first of commandments. Whichever law you break, take care you keep this one. If you break the commandments of the ceremonial law, if you violate the ritual of your church, your offense might be propitiated by the priest, but who can escape when this is your offense? This mandate stands fast. Man's law you may break and bear the penalty, but if you break this... The penalty is too heavy for your soul to endure. It will sink you. It will sink you like a millstone lower than the lowest hell. Take heed of this command above every other, to tremble at it and obey it, for it is the first commandment. But the Saviour said it was a great commandment, and so it is. It is great, for it contains in its heart every other. When God said, Remember to keep holy the Sabbath day, when he said, You shall not bow down unto the idols nor worship them, when he said, You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, he did but instance particulars which are all contained in this general mandate. This is the sum and substance of the law, and indeed, even the second commandment lies within the folds of the first you shall love your neighbor, is actually to be found within the center of this command. You shall love the Lord your God, for the loving of God would necessarily produce the loving of our neighbor. It is a great command then for its comprehensiveness, and it is a great command for the immense demand which it makes upon us. It demands our entire mind, all our soul, all our heart, and all our strength. Who is he who can keep it, when there is no power of manhood which is exempt from its sway? And to him who violates this law, it shall be proven that it is a great command in the greatness of its condemning power. It is like a great sword having two edges with which God shall slay him. It shall be like a great thunderbolt from God, with which he shall cast down and utterly destroy the man that goes on in his willful breaking thereof. Hear then, O Gentiles and O house of Israel, hear then this day the first and great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. That answer to the question, what makes Mark 12 verse 30 the first and great commandment, was provided during the Sunday morning sermon preached on the 8th of November, 1857, at the Music Hall Royal Surrey Gardens, titled The First and Great Commandment. Thank you for joining me again today. I'm so glad that you did. And before you go, allow me to pray with you. Oh, Father, we come to you in the name of the Lord Jesus, your Son, 
that name that is above every other name. And we recognize and agree to this, that this is the first and great commandment. But Lord, we at the same time confess that we fail to love you as we ought and our failure affects us every single day. Would you help us? Would you sanctify us? Would you change us by the power of your Holy Spirit to love you more and to give in to selfless, to serve you more and to serve ourselves less? Oh God, I thank you though that when we fail, we who are yours are met with by your grace that says, though you are faithless, I have remained faithful. And yet may your faithfulness to us be another means to spur us on to love you more. And these things we pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ.